0: Most lawyers, I think, are repressed creatives. Like, I think most lawyers are rather woo, but they were told they can't be woo and be practical and make a living.
1: Welcome to You our Lawyer. Yeah, and I mean, I love that we have that tool because saying the things, finding that secondary emotion, that's the hard part. Right. Yep. Nobody wants to say, well, I really feel devalued, but I guess I shouldn't feel devalued because I'm only working with him for this case. But it does matter. Right. Who wants to say that? But that's really what's happening. <laughs> so yeah. let's. And you just it. use the
0: word should. Right. right. But you just right. use the word should. Right. Like we, we are shoulding mm-hmm. ourselves. We are we are judging ourselves for the emotion that's coming up. And we're trying to suppress the emotion. I let it just be. I don't want you to suppress yeah. the emotion. I want you to say, I'm fucking angry. This (laughs) asshole was a freaking jerk, blah, 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 blah. And I go, okay, cool. What was it about this situation? What was it? Right? And it's like, well, it was a motion for Lynn Lemonade. You know, like we can have those conversations and skip all of the explanation about what this is because that motion to squash is related to this thing, which is related to your argument, which is related to this client's specific instance that references your life because it's
1: all related even though you don't want it to be or you don't think that it is
0: yes and so the sooner you get like get that behind you the better Mm -hmm. right like we go into the law for for the reason whatever the reason is everybody's got a different reason i didn't i never thought i was going to be a lawyer that was not an educator a teacher like Mm -hmm. i remember a police officer asked me when i was seven years old what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, well, teacher, of course. And he was like, you're going to make a great teacher. Right. And cause he saw me interacting with my sister, interacting with okay. my family and the community. And he said, you're going to make a great teacher. We need great teachers. Well, I am a teacher,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like everything I do is about education. Education is the line through everything yeah. because I want to help. I want to teach you about yourself that the thing that you don't see and as a projector, you know, using sort of human design. So just to maybe we should explain what human design <laughs> is. Right. So we've started talking about it. Um, so human design is, um, is a tool, is a paradigm um, that is sort of a mishmash of other paradigms um, in the world. So it brings into, um, brings uh, I Ching and Kabbalah Tree of Life and the chakras and um, astrology and astronomy And quantum physics, quantum mechanics, uh, psychology, it kind of pulls everything together. So there's some pseudoscience and some hard sciences, right? And pulls all of these things together and kind of creates this um, space and understanding that we are all just energy. Now we're going to go crazy woo. I don't want to go crazy woo, but just to (laughs) say we're all just energy and we're all exchanging energy every day. Money is energy, right? Like how we interact with each other is energy. Like you know, when you walk into the courtroom, and you make an argument and you can feel uh-huh. the energy shift, right? You know, when you're like, I just won that. I won that motion. Yeah. Now I know the judge is quote unquote, taking it under advisement, but I know that I just won, right? Cause you feel it in your, everything in your body. You can feel
1: right? people paying attention. They're giving you their energy, yes. all of it. Yeah. Yes.
0: All of it. And that exchange, right? And then, so human design is about helping you to align your energy in a way that is the way you are designed to, and how that's different than how your out your outer external personality is, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. Once you have your questions, you can't unknow those questions, right? And it's a way to check yourself and reflect, and a you know just a snap of okay, what's happening here? I'm feeling frustrated. Or I'm feeling better. Or I'm feeling angry. Okay, what is what's happening? And then checking yourself to let it go. Not necessarily to change it, but to change how you are responding to what's happening around you, right? And and instead of reacting and to be more proactive about it before you even get into the situation at all. So, yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. I I think it's
1: fascinating. Um, You and I said the last time (laughs) we both read our. horoscopes but we read them the day after yes. so that we're not in like influenced in any way by it that's our way of judging it and being like we're above this so dana runs this course called the heart center lawyer's journey yeah. and i was a part of that and she was like you know we're gonna do some journaling we're gonna talk about our jobs but there is a little bit of of woo in here and it's just so fascinating i think for her to come to like all of us institutionalized lawyers and be like Mm -hmm. let's just consider right i'm not saying you have to go out and change your whole life and do all of these things but let's just consider where the moon is in the earth and you know what i mean in relation to the earth and what's going on in your life and what you want to write about it and it's absolutely fascinating right and i'm like
0: yeah hey let's do it (laughs) the planets are where they Mm -hmm. are right and this is one of the things about human design is that you know And this is it's very interesting, especially as a social worker looking into family systems and understanding the relationships between parents. And then and then when kids are born, most people think, um, you know, sort of psychology has gone to the space where, you know, we think that we are the way we are because of our relationship with our parents but in reality it's not that way it's the relationship of our parents at the time that we were born and as we were growing especially if you've got other siblings it's the relationship between the parents when that sibling was mm. born and so that's why you can have 3 5 kids from one family and they're all radically different because it's the evolution of the parents relationship during that mm. you know during during that space and so, um, you know, to to your point about Dana, you know, she she also uses human design like understanding, and I think that there's a piece of us that most lawyers, I think, are repressed creatives. Like I think most lawyers are rather woo, yeah. but they were told that they can't be woo and be practical and make a living, right, and be safe and mm-hmm. secure. And so someone has told them, you can't do that. You're not going to be able to make any money. And so you got to go be a lawyer. You can be, you can go to med school. This is my favorite, right? This is what I hear all the time. The parents say, "Uh, you can go to med school or you can go to law school. And all the lawyers are like, I don't want to be with blood every day. So uh, gone to law school, I guess. (laughs) Only to realize when we get there, well, one, there's a lot of math. And two, there's a lot of blood, right? (laughs) Um, A lot of blood. And um, once people under, you know, they, they, they make these choices, but they're making these choices because they think that they don't have any Mm -hmm. other choices. Yeah. Right. And this is one of the pieces for me that I love when I'm working with lawyers is that, you know, they really wanted to, they're a musician or they're a, you know, a sculptor or they're you know, they do crochet or whatever. Right. And like, they're a very creative person, but they don't know how to integrate those things. And for me, it's about helping you integrate who you actually are with the thing that you're doing every day. So that way you don't feel like you have to leave a piece of yourself at Mm -hmm. the door. I don't want you to leave a piece of yourself at the door. I want you to embrace all of the pieces of you. Even the things that you think aren't great, I think are freaking amazing (laughs) and let's integrate those. You know,
1: I Um, remember I
0: learned how to crochet the summer before I
1: went to law school. And when I tell you I was in tears when I made my first scarf, it was wonky. The edges were all off, but I was like, this is one piece of thread. It blew my (laughs) mind. I was just like, you know, I feel myself crocheting and I'm doing, I feel myself doing it. And then it turned into that. Oh my goodness. It was so beautiful to me, but it's funny because I went to law school in Louisiana We had a really bad freeze that year. Everyone bought a scarf for me because your regular Walmart didn't just have heavy scarves in stock. And I was like, I can make as much money as I want, depending on what I produce. And right there, (laughs) I was like, oh, because I had never considered being an entrepreneur or business owner, any of it. And it was mostly because I watched my parents do it. You know, they were authors, they did all this stuff, but they never made any money from it. So I was like, well, that's silly. Mm. And so... For one, I learned how to create something literally with my hands as I'm in law school using my brain, but learned how to yeah. create something with my hands. And I immediately made a profit. And I was like,
0: oh, huh.
1: this yeah. is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: yeah. 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 And, and that making a profit, there's nothing wrong with making money, right? Like, I don't have a problem with mm-hmm. making money. Like, commerce is good. I'm, I'm cool. I'm all about that. The capitalist piece of scarcity and extraction and oppression and exploitation that's as and especially as an indigenous Mm -hmm. person right like coming at it from an indigenous perspective like for me that's the part i'm not okay with because i don't want people to expend everything that they have at the expense of themselves right and i i want people to to build that thing that works best for them you know i don't want um And sometimes that's, you know, sometimes that is the creative arts and being okay with that and being okay with, okay, you know, this is a thing that I think that I could do. This is the thing I've always Mm -hmm. wanted to do. This is the thing that I know that I'm great at, right? Like I know I'm a beast in the courtroom. I just don't want to be that beast anymore. I don't have to be that person anymore. That doesn't mean I'm not still a beast, right? Like when I show up, I show (laughs) up. And so... I'm still going to have that that energy because it's I'm shift I'm just shifting the energy into something else, you know. Yeah. And um and I think for for most lawyers they they're afraid of not doing the thing that they already know, right? They're afraid of taking that risk because they're afraid of rejection or they're afraid of what their family's going to say or they're afraid of, you know, whatever you name it, yeah. right?
1: I still have yeah. to change. I already changed. How how long <laughs> do I still have to change? I'm like didn't i just do that and then oh yeah well this is a new thing really it's like okay when does it end?
0: yeah it never ends and for you as a manifesting generator it's never going to end so you're supposed to be like that let me tell you it's a beautiful thing the sooner we embrace it the sooner you embrace the piece and the role your real true design of who you really are and you know and this is the thing human design so if I pull your chart since, so when mm-hmm. I pulled your chart right I just said this is what this says and you were like how do you know that and I'm like I don't know that I because you and I had literally just we had mm-hmm. just met we didn't mm-hmm. know each other we had not had any communication short of an email that I swear that I thought that I responded to <laughs> and I'm so sorry again that I did not respond to timely right but like I didn't know those things about you. I hadn't done a bunch of research or anything. I was just like, this is what this says. And I, it just, it it is who you are on the inside. You know who you are and what you want. You just have to give yourself permission. But sometimes we need external validation Mm -hmm. to do that thing. Lawyer to lawyer a lot more manageable, like you can swallow that, right? Like, okay, another lawyer is living her best joyful and thriving life. If she can do it, yeah. I can do it. And that's fine. I'm happy to be your role model. If you need me to do that, I will guide you, I will show you, I will tell you, I will reflect all of the things back that you want, that you don't even realize you're saying out loud, but you're just ignoring, right? Because we've been trained to just ignore those yeah. things. And you don't have to be afraid. But also, it's okay to be afraid. But here's the thing, and I'm, I'm going to say it because I have an opportunity to say it. So I'm going to say it. Just because you are afraid doesn't mean you should do it. Hmm. I like that. But just because you're afraid doesn't mean that you shouldn't yeah. do it. For me, I don't want people to push through their fear. I want people to understand where the fear comes from so that they can make a decision, an aligned decision with one that is based in security and safety. Right, and so I have this sort of um, y'all can't see me who are listening, but maybe on the video you'll see you can go back and look, but like when I'm working with people, we're it's like driving two cars at the yeah. same time. You have one foot in the accelerator in one car, and you have one foot in the accelerator in the other car, and you kind of like you know splay it out, right? And you're driving two cars at the same time, the road you want to be on and the road you're currently on right now. And then one day, you've got enough built and you've got enough gas in the tank and the car that you want to be in that you just take your foot off the accelerator of the other one and it will slowly melt away it will slowly stop and you'll be able to be fully in the car that you want to be in and the sooner you realize that you are allowed to be in a different car the sooner you will get to the place that you want to be right going in the direction that you want to and so
1: hard while you're driving those two cars (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, absolutely. It can be. It can be. And it can be if you're doing Mm -hmm. it alone. Because everything around you, I call it the swamp monster, everything around you will try to convince you that the thing that you're doing is not right. Because the thing that you've already chosen feels Mm -hmm. easier. Yeah. It only feels easier because it's comfortable and it's a thing that you know. But the thing that you really truly know is the thing you've been ignoring inside of you. That's actually your car. You're in the wrong car if you're comfortable, right? Like if you're just doing all the things that you think you should be doing or that somebody told you that you were good at or you've been on this road, but you've got a little pull, 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 urge, urge, urge inside you, desire to do something else, that's your real car speaking right? Like your car is like, hello, put gas in me. Let's go. Let's run away to Bali or whatever, right? (laughs) Like it's there, right? And you can call it your inner child, call it whatever you want, right? Like it's there, but the more we ignore it, the, the worse we are in our lawyer life, because then we're trying to overcompensate for the thing that we're ignoring, When in reality, if we just accept the thing that we've been ignoring and give ourselves permission to integrate those things, you can have a joyful and thriving lawyer life. But the sooner, but you have to, you have to be able to have those conversations. And so to your point, yes, it's hard. It's, but I say it's hard work, H-A-R-D, but it's also heart work, H-E-A-R-T, right? Like it is both. You can't have one without the other. You can But that leads you to the place you don't want to be.
1: Because it'll be right. That's the intellectual self
0: speaking. Right. And we're taught to, you know, like I was saying earlier, we're taught to separate these things. We're taught to separate who we are from what we do. And there there's nothing wrong with that when you're advocating for your client. The problem is when you close your door at night and you have to go home and you don't know who you are. And you just go through the motions to get to the place that you want to be. But you're never going to get to the place you want to be because you think that you're on this path that has been set out for you. In reality, you shouldn't be on that path at all. But the only way you're going to know that is if you do that deep reflection, you do that hard work, you do that heart work. And, you know, to the point that we were making earlier about therapy, like therapy is amazing. Yes, absolutely go to therapy. But therapy is not focused on future action. Therapy therapy is focused on past and present reflection. Mm -hmm and digging, but you have to do something with it. And therapy, the traditional structure of therapy is talk therapy. You just go, you you just get everything out of your system and then you just go about Mm -hmm. your life, but there's no action that necessarily will come from that. And some therapists will give you homework, but it's more than that, right? the homework of what you need to do or what you need to say to somebody is not necessarily the direction that you want to go in, in your life. It's about managing your current reality. So finally that you can actually function on a day to day, as opposed to making long-term plans about where you're going and what your business is going to do. You know I mean? Like, Yes, I'm working with lawyers in their careers who don't own their businesses and their firms. But I also work with a lot of lawyers who own their own businesses and their own firms, not even necessarily legal related. And, you know, services, helping them price themselves. Like I have a pricing tool, a capacity calculator where I, I built these things for myself because they didn't exist. Um, making sure that I'm making a profit and I can pay my taxes and also that I'm pricing myself appropriately mm-hmm. and that my services and, you know, all of those things and helping lawyers basically undo the structures that they, that they modeled from big law, which is built to oppress and exploit you, right? That extraction of everything that you have to build the businesses that actually work for you. And it's the same concept, you know, and when you're working with lawyers with their careers too. So,
1: so is that what you like about coaching that it deals with the future? Whereas the therapy part is all the past.
0: Yes. And that it's, it's important that we're looking at the mm. past. Absolutely. I, we're going to look at the past. Like, don't you worry. Right. Cause I need to understand how you got yeah. where you are. Right. Like I need to understand the decisions you made and the, and the messages you heard that have put you where you are right now. The coaching piece for me is about okay now that we know this information what are we going to do Mm. with it
1: okay
0: we're not because once you know something you can't unknow it once you see something you can't unsee it now you can choose to ignore it but if you choose to ignore it then you are deciding that you're not worth it you are deciding that you don't value yourself and your happiness and your joy enough to do the thing that you know you need to do for yourself Is there unlearning and deconditioning and all the stuff that needs to happen? Absolutely. Right. But when I'm working with lawyers, I'm usually working with them from like a three to six month initial. And then we're usually then working monthly and I have groups and stuff. And so like I've created the support systems that they need to keep them going in whatever phase that they're in at that moment. And part of coaching for me is that we are never done evolving yeah. and as an entrepreneur you're never done evolving right like entrepreneurial entrepreneurship is literally personal I development know. right and we have to be okay with with being better for ourselves not for anybody yeah. else right but like my parents because my parents died young if my mom was 37 my dad was 41 right? 43, excuse me. I did the math wrong once my brother corrected me. So my mom was 37. My dad was 43.
1: I mean, that's young.
0: I'm now older than either of them yeah. ever were. And it's like life is short. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or later today when you get in your car on your way home, right? Like, why are you waiting until you retire to have a life? Let's mm-hmm. not let's have that now make lots of money now. And get lots of sleep and take <laughs> care of your body and eat right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and not, and when I say eat right, I mean like eat whatever you want, right? Like there's a whole thing, everything in moderation, y'all. Right. Um And that holistic way of looking at it. And I think for me, social work gave me the lens for coaching to look at the whole person as they're standing in front of me and help the whole person, not just one little tiny piece yeah. because Therapy is not going to traditional talk therapy. Isn't going to get you where you need. It's only going to help you to sort through the emotions of how you got where you are, but it doesn't necessarily take you to the next piece. And don't get me started about the therapy model because therapy, the model of therapy, right. Is built in a way to keep you to go forever. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to need me. Right. Like, the, my first so my first podcast and I'm releasing the second podcast this first podcast is what would Sheila say are like I want you to be able to make decisions on your own and know what you need to what's your code of values what is your mission what's your vision like what it, I want you to be able to make decisions without me I don't want you to have to be like well I gotta save that to talk yeah. to Sheila for what I don't want you to need me I want you to want to be around me but not to need mm-hmm. to be around me to live your life you know um, and the traditional therapy model is to keep people going forever.
1: Yeah. So I'm just going to like throw out three things I've been thinking.
0: Okay. When we do asked it. my
1: three-year-old what she wants to be when she grows up, she said a flamingo. So oh. proud of her. Yes, please. I was like, I love that it's not a regular job. And like her preschool, they wrote it down on the board. She wants to be a flamingo. You've mentioned twice that you live on two continents. Why? And do you love it? <laughs> and then I'll ask the last thing
0: like I said, my parents died young, it was an HIV household. And so um, my parents died from HIV related causes. And so I, as a kid was always the adult. And so I was, we never, like, there was no travel, there wasn't like a bunch of, you know, exploration past a car ride, right. And, um, and so I'd never left the country before. And when I went to law school, and I said, Oh, what's the summer abroad thing? What's abroad mean? I literally didn't even know what abroad meant, right? Like, I it never occurred to me that people left the country to go study somewhere else. I was like, what is this weird thing? So I studied in Vienna my first summer of law school, and Vienna and Prague, and then I went back again. I loved it so much. I was like, huh, this is this is the place that I need to be in my whole life. And as an indigenous person, that's a funny thing to say that I live on the uh-huh. wrong continent and um and so did vienna did prague did budapest the second summer and i was like okay this is serious like i think i need to be here like i knew in my soul that like i needed to not be on the north american continent anymore and um and so then i did like an eu european union seminar tour where we did brussels luxembourg Strasbourg, and paris and we did like the schumann walk and stuff and um shout out to professor hug and uh and i just said okay so it was december tenth, two 2008 i was sitting in the white and case conference room in brussels and i just looked around and i was like yep this is where i'm gonna be five years from now i'm gonna be back in europe full time either working or going back to school whatever it is five years now could i have done it in two sure three yeah one, probably not reasonable or realistic, right? At that point, I was still running the mm-hmm. law firm, right? So I still was running this multimillion dollar law firm doing class actions and multi-district complex litigation, a lot of toxic torts. I was in the 9-11 litigation. And I just was like, okay, this is it. This is my five, you know, like, I'm going to do this 2013. So every step that I took from that moment forward was towards that plan right? Like towards that being back in Europe. And so I did an LLM. Um, so I applied for an LLM, um, five different LLM programs in Europe, got into all of them, but ultimately I chose Brussels because it is the center of the European union. And I really just love European union law. Obviously things are flawed. Everything, every system has its flaws, right? Um, but the freedom of movement, the freedom of, um, you know, the freedom of, you know and the right to work and the right to education and all of those things universal declaration of human rights and how everything is connected and integrated in that way i was like these are my people right um and so i did my advanced llm and then i converted my student visa to a work visa opened my own belgian enterprise there got my carte professionnel and and uh learned french before i even went there and so like I did all the things that I needed to do. I was executing yeah. the plan. And um, after, say, two, it must have been like 2017, I let I closed my enterprise, my Belgian enterprise. I was offered a, an academic dean position here in New Orleans. I came back. I fulfilled this goal of becoming an academic dean program chair for um, an ABA paralegal program. And then, after a couple of years, I was like, "Okie doke, I'm done. (laughs) Met that goal. Don't need to keep doing this thing anymore." And um, and I missed being in Europe. And so, you know, so my my current uh, my spouse, my partner, we've always been apart at least three to six Mm -hmm. months a year um, because I've been in Europe and they have been here, and uh, it's been a beautiful thing. And um, and so I have done what I needed to do and also creating the structures inside of my business, inside of my life that I can be there and here and to be able to go back and forth. So now I don't have a visa or anything like that. I just go on my passport. So I go for the full 90 days that I'm allowed to be there because you're allowed to be for 90 days out of 180. And uh, I calculate carefully and um, I've got I have a godchild in in Brussels and um, all of my best friends in the whole world are in Brussels and and Europe and I have a whole life there in my flat and you know and um, and this is the thing you know especially for lawyers when they say you know are you living on two continents like how can I do that I'm like well it's actually rather easy you know Um, it's actually rather easy you just have to actually want it and give yourself permission to have the thing that you want you know I mean I don't I don't want to be on my deathbed thinking, okay, I wish that I had done mm-hmm. that thing for myself. You know, I don't want that. So, you know, we own a house here in new Orleans and, um, and then we, and then we go back and forth and, and it is what it is. And it's a beautiful I thing and I help other people yeah. do it. You
1: know? I'm so happy that yeah. you didn't say, well,
0: I made a plan and I did it. You're like, no, you gotta want to do it. And then you gotta really
1: just do it <laughs> because yeah. you can still make a yes. plan and, and, not follow it. I mean, you had a five-year goal and you still were like, okay, I could have really sped this up. You have to just actually do it.
0: Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. And, but, but I did it from a place of knowing what Mm -hmm. I wanted, not doing it from a place of doing what I thought I was supposed to do. Most people make plans based on what they think they're supposed to do. Right. From what they think other people expect of them. Instead of actually what actually matters to them, who they actually are, what they actually want their life to look like, in all its you know in all of its glory, whatever it looks like, you know. And I think the sooner we can get to a place where people understand that they want to live the life that they want to live, even if it's different from how other people live their life, the sooner you can get to that space, the better. Right. And that's the work. That's really the work that I'm doing is helping people just admit what they want so that they can go and get it.
1: Yeah. You know? I love that. Yeah. So the last thing here.
0: Yeah. Is this the way me
1: to pick up this book? <laughs> I listened to the audio book and I loved it and I had to go buy it. Cause I wanted to write in the margins.
0: Good. So I, I went that. and picked
1: this up. Um,
0: I went from learning
1: to crochet to now I feel like I'm a whole brand. And we won't dwell on it too long, because this is already going to be a two-part podcast, which I've never had to do before, but we're going to do 45 minutes and 45 minutes. Um, So I I love this podcast. It's definitely the foundation of all my stuff, but I am transitioning it because I've turned into just a talent. I only show up to record. I have three virtual assistants who do everything else, and I was going through, like... I don't know if it was survivor's remorse or just like I grew this thing and now it's transitioned me into something else and I get to step away from it. But it was really hard. And that's what I was talking yep. about earlier with change. I was like, I just got used to being a podcaster. Now I'm done, you know, and like my therapist is like, but you're still going to record. You still get the guests. You still. And I'm like, but I just don't have time. I literally don't. I'm, I'm being pulled in so many directions. And this runs on autopilot outside of me finding the time to record. But in my mind, it made sense. And then I started doing it. I was like, Kylie, you show up at 90 minutes a week, maybe. And I was like, I, I, in my mind, it makes sense. But then when I really started doing it, it was really hard. Like, I wouldn't respond back to my virtual assistant. I wouldn't look at the editing notes. My husband's like, why are you paying them if you're not going to review it? And I'm like, because I don't want to pass it on. And once I made, once I was honest with myself about that, I was like, oh, okay, now here, here's all the work. <laughs> then I was like, here yeah. you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, you're always going to be a podcaster. It's like when you're a lawyer, you're always going to be a lawyer, even if your title isn't lawyer, right? You're always going to be an attorney, even if your title is an attorney. I mean, and you specifically, like you're meant to do a lot of things. You're meant to multitask, but, but I just want to like, can we just pull back for a second? Because it's not that you're not still a podcaster. It's just that you're not doing all of the details that it takes in order for the podcast to go out. Right. And that is a uniquely five line thing to do to create a streamlined process that then you Hmm. follow most of us. So all you've done is actually just streamline and focus in a way that allows you to show up and you do your thing that you do great. And other people do the things that they do great. And then it still produces the result Uh that you want. Most of us think that, and this is a piece that, um, you know and i'm i'm looking at your human design piece you know your chart as i'm having this conversation with you because most of us think that in order for the thing to be done well we have to do it ourselves or and or that it has to be hard and it does not have to be hard you don't have to struggle you don't have to be burned out you don't have to be broke you don't have to be burned out you don't have to be bored you can say, okay, this is my thing and I need support. This is the support that I need. Because usually what happens, especially with lawyers, is they say, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And I'm like, no, you have enough time. Number one, you make time. Time mm-hmm. comes from you, right? That's one thing. But two, you have enough time, which you don't have is enough support. You don't have the resources. Now, is that because you're trying to prove yourself? Because you don't feel like you deserve to have someone to help you or Is it because you're avoiding the confrontation that you're going to have about the truth about what you really, truly want out of your life? Right. Are you pretending to have all the answers and you don't want anyone to believe that you don't have all the answers and that you know what you're talking about? Right. Are you thinking about all the things that don't matter? Are you you know what? What is happening? I've had all these conversations. I'm sorry. I'm just like, oh,
1: I remember those (laughs)
0: because you want success and you're like.
1: Well, what does success look like? It looks like traveling and compromise sometimes and flexibility. Can you do that? Will you show up when the opportunities present themselves?
0: Yeah. Yes. And will you give yourself the real permission? And for you, as a sacral authority, the the way that you're designed to make decisions is different than the way I'm designed to make decisions. There's lots of different ways, right? Y'all you don't have to worry about all the details, y'all. But just to say, like you're a whole body, hell yes. If you have a whole body, hell yes, you need to do it. But there are some of us who have a whole body, hell yes, and shouldn't do it. And the sooner you understand the distinction and how you should make decisions, how, and I don't like to use the word should there, but I just used it, but how we are designed to make decisions, how each of us are designed to make decisions. And you give yourself permission to follow that, the quicker, I mean, like flash quicker you will get to where you want to be because we let go of all these things that aren't ourselves. We can literally figuratively pull back those layers, let the, that costume go. There's this um, quote from Ram Dass that I love and it goes something like this. I'll just paraphrase, but basically most of our adult lives, we're convincing other people that their costumes are on straight. And it's this, the perspective is that, we're we're just trying to convince everybody like you're good you're good don't worry about it you're good i know you feel weird right now but just keep going you're good as opposed to okay you feel weird you feel like your costume's falling off well maybe it's not supposed to be on (laughs) maybe you're not supposed to be wearing that title maybe you're not supposed to be going down that path like let's slow down and have what's called the dip, like in the work that I do, because you will come in and you'll be on a high and you'll be like going a gazillion miles an hour. And then as we peel away all of those layers, there will be a dip of, okay, now what's happening where things really feel like they start to slow down, which can be very scary for people because they're used to Go, 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 do all the things, just survive through the day, just get to the other day, just get to Friday. So that way I can drink and sleep all weekend or whatever, right? To like numb the pain of my my life that I have in this toxic place. But once you slow down, then you will pick back up. But when you're go go going on the other side of that dip, you're doing the things that light you up that feel good. You don't even notice that you're going a million miles an hour because you're going a million miles an hour with all of the goodness and joy and thriving feelings, just like pouring out of you, right? And instead of that brokenness and that burned out and all of the things that we we generally carry with us and understanding when that shift happens, that, that not self piece of ourselves, when it starts to show up, you know, for me, so I just kind of named yours, right? But like for me, it's holding on to things that aren't good for me anymore. And I do that in relationships. I do that in, and I did that in jobs, right? In jobs that were not right for me, um, and not just relationships, like romantic relationships. People that I thought mm-hmm. were friends, um, people that I thought that cared about me. You know, holding on to them when they weren't good for me anymore. Um, trying to attract attention is another one for me. You know, like waiting for people to notice that I was overwhelmed. Well, nobody's gonna notice that you're overwhelmed. You have to tell people <laughs> that you're overwhelmed. And yeah. this is a thing. It's so funny. You know, if I can give an example, are we, we're, yeah. we're good. If I can give you an example of how, when the first time I realized that my exterior did not match my interior. So I was having a conversation with a coach who I no longer have because I fired her. um, And we were having, she was essentially, she was gaslighting me, right? Um, she had her own work that she needed to do. There are a lot of people out there who say that they are coaches who should not be coaches. So if somebody's not working for you, just let them go. I'm just going to give everybody permission to do that now. But I'm having this um, conversation and it was a legal conversation about the contract and what the expectations of our work were together. And we were recording it. Um, when I went back and I looked at the recording. After the after the meeting, I was really upset because I was like, she. Did, she did not respond the way I expected her. I needed her to do X, Y, Z, whatever. We're having this conversation. I was really, 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 really angry. But when I went back and I reviewed the recording, I didn't look angry. Uh-huh. I didn't sound angry. I was slow, measured, calm. I didn't have a smile on my face. But I realized that the costume of being a lawyer took over. And so I wasn't actually communicating and articulating the thing that I really needed. I was waiting to for her to notice that I was angry. Instead of saying the words, I am angry. (laughs) And, you know, we have to know the things that are, you know, not to use like a woo woo word, right? But like our shadows, right? The things that are there not to ignore them, not to put them off, not to delay them or procrastinate dealing with them, but to see them for what they are. They are literally our body going, hello, pay attention to this thing because this isn't right for hmm. you anymore. And, you know, a lot of us are just in a hurry. We're just in a hurry to be free of the pressure of everything and thinking about things that don't matter. And lawyers are really great at overanalyzing and overthinking and laying awake at 3 a.m., staring at their ceiling, thinking about, all of the things that they think that opposing counsel is thinking about, which they're not because they're sleeping. Yeah. I promise you. And, and just letting themselves just let these things go. Right. And the sooner we can give ourselves permission to do that, the better. And this is, you know, this is the work, right? Because it doesn't matter. You're going to have your expectations. Somebody's going to have different expectations. Dana's got different expectations, right? Like all these people, everybody, we all have different expectations because we've all been raised differently. And when we expect of others, what we expect of ourselves, we will always find pain there and people don't, you, you, you know it, but you don't yeah. get it. The getting it is the, the reconnect. That's the work that we do, you know? And this is one of the reasons why I, and maybe we'll talk about this, but you know, this is one of the reasons why, um, why I wanted to start this new podcast for lawyers, like to build your joyful and thriving lawyer life. Because I see the same things again and again and again. And I've been seeing them since my mother was a legal secretary, right? Like, this is not new to the legal profession. This is stuff that I've seen my entire life. And, you know, lots of lawyers who say, you know, I'm, you know, when I get my bonus, I'm going to quit and then never do right. Why you know lawyers who say I hate Mondays and I hate this endless you know relentless list of you know emails that I get all the time is like that's not the problem like the Mondays and emails are, are not, they're not the enemy right? Did that email
1: didn't um,
0: <laughs> right? It did not find you well right? Um, and so <laughs> I love that meme. Every time I yeah. see that meme, I'm just like, no, my, your email did not find me well, um, and really you know, even the dark side of billables, right? Like, understanding and like this idea of like, oh, you're going to make partner next year, right? Like, and understanding the dark side of billables and how billables actually work and how they're making money off of you. And understanding your role in that so that way you actually understand how much power you actually have in the negotiation process. And, you know, the things that are really actually holding us back and like I said earlier with some cost fallacies and I don't want lawyers to be barely scraping by. I don't want them to be stuck. Like we deserve a profession that is going to help us gain our confidence back without blowing up our lives. We can have that. I am creating this and it's funny I I'd written a little note for myself the other day and I found it, you know I was going through papers and it was I, and I wrote this note to myself and I just said, Sheila, in your attempts to change this profession, you are changing the profession because every time that I can help a lawyer live their joyful and thriving life, I am creating a ripple effect of everyone around them, including other lawyers that they know. And one at one point, some point, the old guard will be gone and then it will be yeah. ours to build it the way we know we deserve to have it, the profession that we know that we deserve. And I love that because
1: you don't necessarily have to know in five years it'll be done just know that you are making an impact now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You are, if you want to, right. You can make a plan, but you have to actually, you know, make sure that the thing that you're making (laughs) is actually the thing that's right for you.
1: Oh, I'd love that. So So, Sheila, I typically ask guests to give me some advice for new lawyers or law students, but I feel like you've been like sharing all the gems this whole time. (laughs) Is there anything that you've been thinking about that you haven't mentioned that you would love to share with the audience? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think a couple things. One, we think that time is our most important resource, right? Um, And I'm not saying that that's not necessarily true. But actually, the best thing that you can do for yourself is not think about how to manage your time, but to get more sleep. We need to sleep way more than we actually do. Um, ideally I want you to be sleeping between eight to 10 hours a day, not necessarily a night, but a day. Um, because everything comes from sleep, your ability to think, your ability to process, your ability to function, your ability to make decisions, your ability to be present for yourself and for the people around you sleep will give you, it's like an elixir, right? Um, Please don't take melatonin to help you sleep because melatonin isn't actually the thing that helps you sleep, keep you asleep. That's a different, um, that's actually a different hormone. Um, I read this book called Why We Sleep and everybody should read this book. It's mm. freaking amazing. Um And it's like a, um, like a summary of all of the sleep studies that have ever been done and why we sleep and how REM works and how, you know, long-term memory and those sorts of things. But the four most important things, sleep, sustenance, sports, and then (laughs) S-E-X. So, and I don't necessarily mean sex, sex, right? It's S-E-X. So sleep, right? Rest, um, sustenance, nutrition, hydration, anything that you consume, sports movement, like just moving your body. It doesn't have to be intense every single day, but just do something to expend the energy. And then SEX actually stands for sustainable emotional exchanges, like making sure that you've got that. If you've got those four things and you start working on that right now, you'll be fine.
1: Love that.
0: What happens, especially in law students, you know, asking about law students is that most Law students think that they just have to keep on putting in their time and that they're to get those good grades. But actually, the best thing you can do for yourself three nights before an exam is to sleep every single night, not to study, right? And if you want to pass the bar, sleep mm-hmm. is your key, right? Taking care of yourself. And this is the thing that Dana, you know, t- you know, in her heart-centered journey um, with lawyers that she works with and law students is like helping you take care of yourself so that yeah. way you can. And I can help you do those things too. Dana's got this structure that creates that, right? Now it's like the execution of the of the of the plan that you have. What yeah. does that look like? So And
1: everyone, Sheila is being literal. She's not meaning like, oh, put your textbook under your pillow, you absorb it. She means sleep. <laughs> sleep. Really sleep. Sleep. <laughs> oh, I don't have time. Oh, I need to rewrite my outline. Sleep. Absorb it. Sleep. No, Go to sleep.
0: Well, because your brain, when, when you sleep, you're flushing all the toxins, right? But you're also allowing your brain to create the short-term and the Mm long-term memories and to move things around. So like your dreams are just your brain moving things around, right? Moving your memories around. That's why sometimes we get them all mashed up and we're like, that's the weirdest dream I've ever had. So-and-so didn't even know so-and-so, right? Because your brain's just moving memories around and the sooner that you accept that sleep is your friend and you the best piece of health care that you can do it is not working out it is not eating right like you can't eat right enough or work out enough to overcome a -hmm. lack of sleep the body degrades sleep is the thing that sleep is the thing that we need and i wish more law students would do that i wish everybody would sleep more so i slept 10 hours last (laughs) night i that's slept beautiful.
1: 3 but I slept really well the night before. I know, but I told you the whole hair dye thing. I have a lot of stuff and like yeah. what I do when I'm trying to avoid thinking about stuff is I stay up late so that I'm exhausted the next day to make the time go faster. It's a terrible cycle. Um hmm. but I know why it happens and I'm really looking forward to something this weekend and I need to be like it's still going to arrive. You still can sleep.
0: <laughs> yep. You still Time is still going to pass. Yeah, because like with right. my
1: daughter, when she gets real snippy and, and I'm like, you need your sleep. But she still sleeps 10 and a half hours. She'll go to bed at like 830 and wakes mm-hmm. up at 730. And she's a whole she's not another person, but her brain has been moving those <laughs> memories and she is refreshed and she's ready yeah. to go. And I'm like, yeah, I know mm-hmm. sleep is important. But um, yeah, last night I was just being rebellious. I'm like, and I'm well, up watching your... TV. I've seen before. I'm not even watching new stuff. And I'm just like, I,
0: yeah, that's not, restful. I know restful. it's
1: yeah. terrible.
0: <laughs> it's not restful, right? It's not restful, but I mean, I don't think you need to judge it. Right. Like, I don't think you need, like it, it, it's maybe not the, the choice that you would like to make, but maybe the choice that you did make and that's yeah. okay. It's, it is, it is what it is. It is. Right.
1: But me with um, my full body, no, yes. I'm like, I have some decisions to make. I need to just make, <laughs> and then I can stop yes. torturing myself.
0: But part of But part of that is your design though, the like, the like going full speed and then like crashing. (laughs) Right. And so understanding that and accepting that, that like you have a specific way that you are designed to function and, um, and not everybody can sleep until all of their energy expended. And you're one of those kinds of people, like you need to be able to expend all of your energy for those kinds of people. I tell you, like do jumping (laughs) jacks, like do some planks before bed and you will like, to be able to wear yourself out right but like i have lots of ways that i help people sleep and stay asleep and create those schedules that work for them um and so it is time management but it's not really it's more energy management and what works for you and everybody is different right and that's why you have to take it there's no one yeah. answer for everyone the answer is whatever works for you but the only way we're going to know what works for you is if we go dive deep about how you got where you are and what worked and what didn't work and then what do you actually want to do? What do you know you want to do? What do you feel is right to do? And like, i really digging into yeah, that. Yeah,
1: Which know? is the classic lawyer answer. Yeah.
0: It depends. <laughs> it, it depends. It depends on you. It depends yeah. on you, right? Exactly. I love it. You depend on you. So
1: Sheila, thanks again for spending your time with me while you were on the North American continent. I appreciate it. And um, <laughs> I look forward to talking to you again later. Bye.